It's the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World, and right now, the most magical celebration ever begins at McDonald's, where you can sign up to be a part of it all and take home a piece of the magic with four 25th anniversary glasses. Welcome to the Carousel Progress, where we talk about the marketing behind the magic. Today, we're going to be talking about McDonald's, everybody's favorite Disney partnership, or at least ours. Yes, it is definitely ours as 90s kids. This We have a childhood worth of memories, and we are so excited to dive into this topic today. So I'm Josie. I am a 26-year-old who lives in Orlando, Florida. I love food, I love Disney, and I love traveling. And I am Kate. I am a 27-year-old who lives in Louisiana, and I love all things Disney. And as a kid, I loved all things McDonald's, so... Let's get I into still it. Love all things McDonald's, and to be honest, <laughs> me too. Little, uh, it's my guilty pleasure, and I'm not sorry about it. But to be honest, I'm a little sad. I didn't plan ahead enough to pack myself, or I mean, <laughs> go grab myself, pack myself like I'm in in elementary school. Go grab some McDonald's to eat while we filmed this. That would have been smart. You know what we need to do a future episode on our journey to get all of those mcdonald's toys oh, back in i was planning November. on talking about that today oh we're gonna talk about it today oh, okay yeah, great I was okay i'm ready for sure okay okay so let's dive in so for those of you who don't know mcdonald's and disney have had quite a few partnerships throughout the years a lot of people love to talk about the origins between um ray Kroc and walt disney um kate and i were talking earlier about a lot of misinformation i've seen in the Diz community mm-hmm. websites um they were not both from marceline i think that confusion comes from the fact that they were both um later in life from right outside of chicago so walt really only lived in marceline for a few years when he was very young and mm-hmm. when he was a little older you know he lived in chicago him and ray Kroc were were from that area we know that they both um lied about their age to serve during world war ii and drove i believe it was the ambulance like the little ambulance mobile yes they both um they both ended up in connecticut in sound beach um and that's where they both trained before walt went off to paris um I, I read I read that um, Ray did not end up going uh, to France. So I, that's what I read. But I do know that they were both Red Cross trainees. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in 1918. So, so a lot of overlap between the two. Um, I know it has been documented in some places that Ray was really interested in a partnership. And I feel like when they were both alive, Walt kind of had way too much on his plate to be getting into a McDonald's partnership as he was, you know, opening theme parks and doing so many things Mm -hmm. but years later when we arrive in um you know the 80s with with mine and kate's one of our favorite people ever yes who is it uh mr ceo michael eisner but wait wait i do want to touch though just on the 1954 situation that you're referring to because this in my opinion this is really more. i should have known you were going to know more, no. know more about this than i was <laughs> no wondering. no it's okay i just want to touch on it because yes, please, 1954 <laughs> anybody who is really into disney history knows this is the year before disneyland opened in 1955 but this was also right before um mcdonald's was going to have their first franchise location open in illinois in um des plains illinois so 
Um, that was when Ray decided to reach out to Walt and he wrote him a letter basically um, perfect for networking, you know, the, the PR of everything. He was like, we both were together at Sound Beach. Like, I don't know if you remember me, but I'd like to figure out how to get McDonald's in your Disneyland development. And um, so I've seen conflicting history on this next part but what i'm gathering is that walt got the letter but since like you said he was so busy getting disneyland open he didn't have time to personally handle this so he sent it on to the vp of disneyland concessions and uh ray never got anything back from the vp of disneyland concessions and i think that's so because well first of all i don't like ray Kroc very much i don't think he's a very nice yeah so first if you've seen the founder you don't like ray Kroc. okay i think and well that always reminds me of a story of how you know ray Kroc. people think that he created mcdonald's he didn't it was didn't he stole it yeah and he essentially stole it from them i just hit my nails so hard on the microphone um but he wanted to help them to franchise and he ended up essentially stealing the business from them yes and I think it's crazy I think what really convinced me like yes he was really really smart but I think what really convinced me that he was not the greatest of guys is that at the end of the day the McDonald's brothers as so the story goes wanted to keep just their original like one McDonald's location and Ray Kroc I guess couldn't tell them no so he built like the nicest most brand new franchise right across the street and put them out of business which I think is so so petty um (laughs) but yeah I think yeah it makes sense I think Walt was probably too busy as we talk about in our Disneyland episode they opened Disneyland so quick and I'm sure that level of a partnership because it wouldn't have been just like okay we're gonna have pepsi or coke in the park i feel like this is a much bigger partnership and as we look down the road when our our favorite our man the myth the legend (laughs) mikey eisner comes in do you think he's ever called mikey i we could call him mikey Mikey. but i will say that we also have to remember that like 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 i said the first franchise location was opening in 1954 1955 so mcdonald's was still small it was no aunt jemima or the other food places that disney had already established for disneyland so even so vp of concessions probably like what the heck is this this right now (laughs) so (laughs) i got bigger fish to fry so that's the 1954 situation that's it yeah so I think we should start in 1987, which was the first big partnership. And I was trying to find a little more details about exactly what they did for that partnership. Because I know in 1993, I saw that Disney, do you have information? I'm sure you do. (laughs) Okay, you take 1987 because I was digging and I definitely am more excited about everything they did with their first big partnership. But no, I'll let you take the reins for the 90s. Again, but I knew coming into this episode, this is why Kate and I work together because I love Disney history, but Kate finds like the craziest nitty gritty stuff. And I knew coming into this, I was like, Ugh, whatever I can't find, I know Kate is going to have it. So, But that's what's partners. really cool is you keep finding random stuff and then I find random stuff. So it's different. But um, well, we could set the stage for the 1980s in 1984. Uh, Mike Eisner became uh, Michael Eisner became uh, CEO of Disney and his big things were building the film industry and then also getting people of all ages specifically teens into the parks 
so he put out the teens. yeah specifically <laughs> teens because he had a teen he had a teen son who said like you know the rides are kitty whatever Do you so that was dad is the ceo of my of disney oh my gosh like, Ugh, i don't like it <laughs> oh my god what a brat um so so anyway um basically that's when they started doing like the videopolis stuff and everything like that and so it eventually led to this idea for the thrill ride um a log flume um splash mountain which we could talk well we will be talking talking all about about. splash mountain (laughs) but we're just going to talk about this so the whole partnership was behind the splash for cash game so similar to monopoly at mcdonald's oh my gosh same thing jump in this is my this is my plug all the time if you've never seen mcmillions it is an hbo documentary about Mm -hmm. the mcdonald's monopoly um partnership and I cannot get through really any conversation about McDonald's without (laughs) recommending people watch this I watch a lot of TV I am not one of those people that doesn't um and I loved it it was probably one of the only things I've watched in recent years where my mouth was hanging open until the very end it was was crazy crazy crazy. like until the last five minutes they were revealing information but anyway yes go on I actually did not know this what Kate is talking about and I'm super excited because I love Splash Mountain I loved the McDonald's game. What an epic first first um, yes. pairing for the two. So basically, Splash Mountain wasn't open yet. Disneyland had it under construction. So um, in order to get the excitement up about this new ride and try to get people to want to come to Disneyland to experience it, they partnered with McDonald's to do this Splash for Cash game, basically like Monopoly, where they'd buy fries or something else, a drink, and they'd peel off the sticker, and the sticker would give them a prize, either cash. Um, I know the big prize was like $25,000 in cash, but you may have won tickets to Disney. Some included flights, some didn't. Um, And the whole idea behind this was just getting the excitement up for Splash Mountain. They had footage in the commercial of Splash Mountain, but the big issue was... Splash Mountain was falling behind in construction. Um, They kept having problems with the flume and all that kind of stuff. So it fell six months behind. All that kind of stuff. We're not Imagineers here, okay? We know. They were just falling behind. (laughs) So, um, So basically... McDonald's put millions into this promotion. They had um, even international excitement to come see this attraction at Disneyland. And as Kevin Perger put it into Funkland, all the Disney guests could do is watch um, helplessly as the ride continued to not open. So <laughs> after all of this ended, um, the attraction finally opened in June, uh, July of 1989 six months behind schedule and mcdonald's was just disappointed behind this partnership like they put all this money into it they put all this promotion into it and then on disney's end the attraction opened late i'm sure it had lots of people confused about this splash I'm for sure cash they prize situation a lot about it I'm sure, because again, yeah in public relations working in in social if i send a giveaway prize to a consumer from one of my clients late i hear about it so i'm sure a prize as large as a vacation to walt disney world um or Disneyland, yeah, yeah or either Disneyland one is is yeah, and, and they both opened on the same day. Walt Disney World and Disneyland Splash Mountain, no, no, Disney, no, they opened years apart. Okay, um, so the first one Disney, opened in 1989. Disney, Disneyland. Disneyland, Disneyland was the original. Disney World opened in the 90s, I believe 92 or 93. It opened years later. Okay. Um, but we'll get into that next episode. <laughs> um, but 
But basically, after that, they just did two tie-ins with movies for Happy Meals, The Little Mermaid, and then Rescuers Down Under. But after that, in the mid-90s, the relationship just kind of fizzled out because McDonald's was not impressed, and then Disney ended up going in with... um, Burger King and Pizza Hut for a few things. Yeah, and we remember those Burger King glasses. You know, I have all of them, of course, in the original boxes. But in 1996, that's when there was this big partnership. So I read the press release for that this morning. And it was this big partnership between McDonald's and Disney. um, And this really was such a great time, I feel like, for both of them to come together. The 90s were just... At this point in the 90s, it was such a great time. I feel like everybody loved McDonald's, the health concerns that we would see just a few years down the line wasn't really prevalent yet. Um, McDonald's had some huge things coming up, like the 25th anniversary glasses, um, Mm -hmm. which was pretty much right out the gate with this partnership. Um, And then, you know, they also had the 100-year celebration coming up. I thought it was crazy. I learned, I knew that McDonald's was in the parks, um, but I didn't know that it was in downtown Disney. Yeah. And they opened one in downtown Disney, which didn't close until 2010, which, which is, is crazy. crazy. That's not that long ago. I mean, I, I have to say, I didn't come to Disney. I came once when I was four for the 2000, for the Millennium Celebration. And then I didn't come again until I was a senior in high school in 2013. So I totally wow. missed, I totally missed, um, I mean, I guess maybe there was some McDonald's in the parks, but I was, I was definitely too young to remember it. But I think it's, it's so funny a few years ago before I was, you know, as big into Disney history and partnership history as I am a friend a family friend that I used to nanny for they came to visit and the the father was saying oh McDonald's they should have something in the park like McDonald's and I was like no I don't think they'd ever do that I just you know they don't have a lot of brands in the park I don't think so and it's so it was so funny to like just a little while down the road learn that there was McDonald's in the parks. There was so already, much. Already done. Already been done, sir. Well, did you hear about the Disney Video Masterpiece Collection trivia challenge I that they did had not, in 96? but that sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to go back. I want to so, go back. Basically, after Disney did the whole Pizza Hut and Burger King deal, their way back in with McDonald's was through another game in McDonald's called the Disney Video Masterpiece. Person, it's crazy if you think about it. Like, I don't really know any other food chains. Like, yes, of course, we had the glasses that Burger King did, and they did that well. And but but the game, the games that McDonald's Mm -hmm. has really are not done by anyone else. And if you watch McMillions, you'll see why. Because it seems like a big pain in the butt. well, wait till you hear about this one because this one could only exist before Google. Um, it was basic. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, so this game was the Disney Video Masterpiece Collection Trivia Challenge, and yes, I'm reading it off because it's a very long title that I will never remember. So, um, so the, the the gist behind this game was basically similar to the other games when you peeled off the sticker. Instead of winning something, it was a trivia question about Disney movies, characters, whatever. So only before Google could this exist where you had to scratch off the correct answer to win. And apparently the most aggravated people with this particular contest were librarians because people were calling their local information centers trying to get the answers to these questions (laughs) so they could win how we lived like this was within our lifetime not not that long ago um i was three you were two 
But we were there. We were there. <laughs> there definitely went to McDonald's. I know I did. I always say I am typical, like... I forget what I was reading. I think it was a fast food. I think it was Fast Food Nation, which is a book about how bad fast Mm -hmm. food is for you. Um, And they talk about how fast food companies really try to get you from cradle to grave. They were talking about as as more of a marketing term. They've got me. 100%. That is why I definitely know I was there in 1996. My family, again, especially before this whole craze around McDonald's being unhealthy, that is where we went. Like I would play in the play pit. Place. Mm-hmm. I would get a happy meal. I mean, it was totally a thing. And I think that that's why McDonald's and Disney have such a great partnership because I think it's definitely that cradle to grave um, brand loyalty with both of them. Yes. And that was their entire PR marketing situation of the 90s was putting play places in, you know, having these toys that people needed to come back to get every week. Oh, um, and My they knew they literally yes. went back every week. They knew the kid couldn't drive themselves. They'd have at least one parent, probably another sibling, maybe friends. So they'd get tons of money off these families coming in every week to get these toys and play in the play place. And it kind of reminds me of what we talked about in the episode last week about, you know, when Walt was really going to towards that boomer spending when they were, you know, when the baby boomers were kids for Disneyland. Yeah. Um, and that was really one of the first times that, that that was done. And we started to see kids as this viable market to to sell to. And I think McDonald's really has has found ways to do that pretty well exactly so basically that was it it was just a game like a trivia game where you have to scratch off the right answer if you won there were over 300,000 300 million prizes including um trips to disney cat you know different things so this was kind of their way back in and then starting january 1st of 1997 was when that decade-long um exclusive partnership kicked off so which is which you know it's crazy to look at pictures of places that we still see in the park that were mcdonald's locations i think the craziest one to me for some reason is the refreshment port in epcot you know that little building that's right before you go into canada i knew you would um i can't believe that was and the golden oak outpost in magic kingdom which which looking this up made me think i think it's so crazy all the places we see golden oak in disney and how i don't feel like a lot of people know that that's from the golden oak ranch that walt owned which was just a total mm, yeah a total side thing um one of my favorite pictures of wall is of him and annette funicello at the golden oak ranch in um but yeah i think it's crazy like these locations are, are still there um and a lot of them have favorite items or still have things that are similar like fries and yes so though i vividly remember the frontierland fries wagon in in magic like i remember it being i remember it in person though like i remember seeing the covered wagon i remember i remember you telling me about this like forever ago but now it's just a building and like you said it's the golden oak outpost but um (laughs) but yeah no and then the other one when i recently watched the defunct land video the other one that got me was in animal kingdom at 
Um, and now it's like Trillo Bites or something. Yeah. It's right outside of Dino Land. Mm-hmm. That one was called Petrifries. Which is really so, funny. So, yes, which everything's the same except the wording is different because they changed out the name of the place. But I was just like, what? There used to be fries there and McDonald's there. And now it's ice cream. Well, now they also have the buffalo chicken chips there, which oh, I love yeah. from Misfits on Main, one of our favorite podcasts. Oh, I yeah. always think of her every time I go there. And I have to ask her if she would if she would rather have the buffalo chicken chips or the mcdonald's fries which i think she's gonna say that's a tough i know the buffalo chicken chips are a, are a huge favorite well i think when we're talking about the decade-long partnership we have to mention the quote by our boy mikey our boy mikey, where <laughs> our boy mikey when he called this partnership a true mcdisney production and he said <laughs> this is the most in, in true michael eisner fashion he said this is Mikey, the most am- <laughs> this is the most ambitious promotional effort ever developed between two of the best known family friendly brands a true mcdisney production we love it i don't know a better way to put it i think that's great i'm speaking it into um, existence that one day on this small passion project oh mikey gosh. eisner will join us I would love that would so love that. much. I would. We just have so much to to ask him. So much to unpack. Well, you know, McDonald's paid a million dollars in royalties for the rights to use the characters, shows, movies, and theme parks for toy creation. And from that million dollar investment, they made one billion dollars mm. over the decade Damn. just from the toy promotions alone so, so definitely worth that. the money like, I, I wonder because i wonder if in toys which i would assume no the glasses literally i was still drinking out of my, yeah. my millennium glasses today there were some for the 25th anniversary i believe there was one mm-hmm. there were um then the 100 you know the 100 years of magic then we had the plates if you had the hercules plates yes up. i had those plates um, just so many things and then of course we can't we can't forget to talk about um the 1998 opening of dinosaur yes also fun fact that i'm sure you knew um for mulan's movie release they oh did that Ses- Szechuan sauce yes. okay i wanted to talk about that because it, i was expecting you to talk about I it no i don't know why i didn't <laughs> i, I kind of I, I got too excited about everything <laughs> but yes okay so I am a total food person so I wish there were more collaborations for food like I would love for them to be like okay we're coming out with a new Avengers movie here's a special burger I don't know um but that Szechuan sauce is it a little racist I don't know I really don't know that because I'm sure that's not an authentic sauce anyway I digress um it was was 1998 (laughs) it was a different they brought it back they brought it back in 2017 but they brought it back in 2017 but so at this point in 2017 there is no longer a partnership between McDonald's and Disney it hasn't been revisited in years which I oh I think if it were up to me if I ruled the Disney and McDonald's world I would have had them come back together for a partnership on that because the reason that they brought that sauce back was not for Disney was not a tie-in to Disney or Mulan Mm. it was for Rick and Morty and so Rick and Morty yeah so Rick and Morty is a popular cartoon show and they mentioned the sauce and so I guess one of the characters I'm sorry I don't watch Rick and Morty um one of the characters really wanted to like I think they time travel on the show I'm sorry we probably sound so dumb to people who love Rick and Morty I know so many people do um (laughs) 
but wanted to time travel to get this sauce and it kind of like was one of those unlocked it unlocked a memory for so many people that this sauce existed and they wanted it so it was huge for McDonald's like (gasps) I remember the Twitter the the tweeting they were doing around it where it was something about like every time you retweeted it it brought the sauce closer from the from <gasps> the past it was really really cool it was oh a my gosh campaign. um but that's it was so really smart more rick and morty and disney i had hopes that when they came out with a live action mulan movie that maybe they that would have bring done it back something maybe? because there was there's so much buzz i mean i think the szechuan sauce i could be wrong i think it only came back once and then maybe came back a second time in like the united kingdom i feel like i'm always seeing articles like it's coming back and then it doesn't i know that they had a lot of trouble when the sauce did come back because they were not prepared for the rush and people were waiting in line for hours and we're not getting our sauces and we're very unhappy but yes I thought what they did was genius in 2017 I always wish that Disney had had a tie-in um I know they hadn't had a partnership at the time and I know you know in 2018 is when they had their most recent partnership which we'll talk about when we get through the 90s but yes that was an incredible I thought that was so so smart for for the original Mulan and I wish they would do something like that again I think that would be so cool yeah I just thought it was cool because like you said for the most part it was just commercials and these happy meal toys but then for Mulan which Mulan holds a special place in my heart um, as a Disney Parks history lover because that was the first movie that was fully animated in um, MGM Studios so I probably had nothing to do with it but I want to believe that the movie was like such a big deal that they did this Szechuan sauce but um I did I I looked it up today and I saw that it came back in like 2017 2018 and I thought I saw Mm -hmm. at the top of Google like Rick and Morty but I was like I don't know what any of that means so I just left it Mm -hmm. alone but that makes sense I'm glad that you elaborated on it it was Yes, absolutely. I remember I was really, really impressed with McDonald's marketing push behind that and their public relations push with their organic like relationship building with people on, um, on Twitter. And I know we're probably going to talk about this in so many episodes, but there is a difference between marketing and PR. PR is normally not monetized in the way that marketing and advertisement pushes are, um, so, you know, the relationship building with people who were just so excited, um, I feel like that was just such, people love nostalgia, people love when when big companies answer them back, and I feel like from, a, again, a public relations standpoint, of course, the marketing they did was great with with pushing out this content and, and paying for, for so many advertisements, but um, the connection and the spark of nostalgia that they were able to capture for that push was just huge yeah. when they re-released it, which, again, has nothing to do with Disney, um, but I think, yeah, we should we should go back to the 90s to 1998 in april when dinosaur opens because what a collaboration for mcdonald's to have its fingers on a whole land on a ride a whole land ride land well you know um i when you watch the defunct land video and they have that footage of like ronald mcdonald in like safari gear walking around animal kingdom like i googled and googled trying to find an image of that like i don't understand how there wasn't more promotional stuff behind that because me as a kid that would have been so cool to see yeah um but yeah i mean mcdonald's was like we're a year into this partnership. We're going all in, honey. Give us give us one of the lands in your new park. And they took Dino Land USA. And um, 
it was much different than the dino land we see today dino rama didn't exist then um and dinosaur had a completely different name at the time um countdown to extinction yeah it did oh my gosh yes you've told me that before too See, again, like, I never went to the parks with this. I did go to the parks. I was just too little. Well, in your defense, until, like, the end of in your defense, the ride changed its name from Countdown to Extinction to Dinosaur in honor of the movie Dinosaur in on May 1st, 2000. So you probably oh, yeah. were there in the transition I wish, period. I wish I could remember the date that we went. I think I've told you this before. Um, you know, for our listeners, Ooh. our listeners, well, wonderful, have any? Um, our listeners, um, my my mom passed away a few years ago, and we didn't have a ton of pictures from my first trip to Disney. Um, and it was the only one I took with like my mom and dad as a kid. And right before I left for my Disney College program, when we were cleaning the house in a Disney two thousands branded yes. bag, we found rolls on rolls on rolls of film, and we got them developed. It cost like three hundred. Oh my most gosh, of the worth pictures it. Were crap. Oh. Were most of the pictures. Were, I mean, yeah, we had some no, ones, I know. But, you know, like sitting in that film canister for years, and God knows what kind oh, of yeah. climate. Um, but I want to check it to see what date. Yeah, you know, at the time I wasn't like I was into Disney history, but not as much as I am now. And I would love to check the date to know what I was actually therefore but yeah that's I mean that's a pretty quick turnaround for the ride to change his name and I I think it's crazy because we don't really I mean we see that overlap for rides and and films but I couldn't imagine a movie today like them being like all right we're just gonna change the name of well the ride. you know I haven't like, done I just, a ton of research on dinosaur the movie but from what I understand Michael Eisner was like gung-ho about this movie like he was raving about it he thought it was gonna do so great in theaters and I don't have the records but I don't remember this being a super popular film when it came out so I, I hear a lot of people talking about it yeah they have good memories of when they were a kid and I think again mm-hmm. this is just my thinking I think it had some like interesting CGI yeah. that hadn't fairly really been new done before um but I think it, it definitely oh was a yeah Michael Eisner thing and we'll talk about that more when we talk about <laughs> Splash Mountain and yes. the naming of Splash Mountain um but yeah I think it definitely was something like I couldn't see us today being like, okay, we're coming out with a movie and it kind of is like this experience. Well, one of the funniest things about the sponsorship that McDonald's had over the land that Kevin Perger points out in his Defunct Land video about all this is like how much of the promotion said everywhere that this is sponsored by McDonald's. Like apparently Countdown to Extinction was called Countdown to Extinction sponsored by McDonald's, which is so funny. And everybody knows about the the whole easter egg of like the ketchup mustard mayonnaise that you could still i don't oh, know okay. if everyone knows well that. I think you should tell um, when you're waiting to board um <laughs> everybody knows aka aka people who only google disney history know um anyway so when you're waiting to board your time rover you'll notice that the the pipes on the ceiling they're um red yellow and white why am i forgetting colors um and those represent ketchup mustard and mayonnaise um don't they have like the scientific formulas for those two on them yes so that was kind of a nod to the sponsor it's still there And I think it's kind of crazy because I don't feel like, I mean, we do have sponsors because some of the festivals are sponsored Epcot by was like big on sponsors, yeah. But it's not no. as pushed as no. it was before. And we talk about like the 80s, early 90s, the Epcot 
um, you know, sponsorships that were in Epcot. Like it just was yeah. such a different time. Um, and so it's crazy that like the whole land was sponsored. I think that pretty much brings us through. So that partnership went from um, you know, as we talked about starting in 1996, we got the um, downtown Disney location of McDonald's. We got the location that is right next to the All-Star Resorts. Um, it was in the parks. And then in 2004, I think this is a huge shift just in, I mean, mm-hmm. so many things. Um, Super yeah. Size Me came out. I think Super Size Me is a bunch of BS. Yeah. Um, I watched it in school. We watched know, it in health class my high school yeah and it's crazy because nobody I mean people do I mean I'm sure there are people out there who live in food deserts who don't have as much access to food who have to eat McDonald's um but not in the way he does where you yeah his was an extreme situation didn't have anything it was and I think that you know it really did for a long time change people's perceptions Mm -hmm. of of fast food and so that that came out in 2004 so you know give it like a a year of buzz and popularity that's really towards the end of this partnership so their big 10-year partnership um, ended in 2007 and you know all the McDonald's locations that were actually inside of the park were gone by 2008 and then as we talked about you know the one in downtown Disney closed in 2010 Um, the one next to the all-star resort though is still there that one is is I mean it's it was redone I think around 2010 and then it was just redone again you know within the past year and it's yeah huge I mean it's it has a really really big push for environmentality and it's yeah and and it it is crazy because you can see um they they had those fry stands in every single park and just to see I'm, i'm assuming especially for like locals and everything for them to know that they could get fries like walking through the park and stuff for them to just all be wiped and people not even realize like you said that you didn't even realize they used to be in the parks it's like kind of crazy now um it's so crazy yeah like the restaurant asaurus that they have in animal kingdom that used to serve like all mcdonald's food like mcflurries all mm-hmm. of that and um and now it's just now it's just a restaurant but I know that um, definitely it was the health craze that kind of caused them to not renew. Yeah. Um, and then it, apparently even Steve Jobs, he had like voiced his opinion about it. Um, L.A. Times mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, because they were, they were, you know, Pixar. A big Pixar holder, now, yeah. You know what I mean? And a big, mm. exactly, and in the 90s, that really wasn't yeah. a factor. So even though they ended on good terms, it still seems to me like it was mainly Disney's decision because they're like, we just need a distance from the fast food thing. I'm sure, I'm sure McDonald's made oh, a lot yeah. of money. As you said, they made a billion toys, dollars yeah. off toys alone. I'm sure they would have oh, continued yeah. the partnership. But then that brings us to 2018. When we have our first new partnership in, you know, 10 years. And I thought it was so funny. The first new toys that came out were The Incredibles 2 and Wreck-It Ralph. Um, And this was a big deal. Like when you Google McDonald's and Disney partnership, that is the information that comes up first. And again, on like all the PR websites, that is like the first thing that comes up talking about what a big partnership it is. Um... And so it seems like they've been, they've partnered since. And the partnership did include, you know, everything that Disney has. So Pixar, Lucasfilms, Marvel, I believe they're all, maybe not Marvel, they're all open. But I think what makes this this deal deal. so different and in addition to it being a short-term situation is that it's like a non-exclusive thing. So I feel like before in the Mm -hmm. 90s and early 2000s, it was big to be like, 
if Disney has a movie coming out, we have the rights to do the toys. They didn't have to worry about Burger King or anybody else coming out with the the toys. So um, I think it just shows how the market has changed when it comes to like promoting new things. You know, maybe maybe Disney feels like another film should be promoted through another brand instead of McDonald's. But for this, they think it should be through McDonald's. So um well, I think that brings us to our story, our most recent McDonald's Disney memory. Um, I think that's a perfect way to end out this episode on our McDisney yeah. partnership. So, you know, as we talked about 2018, you know, really wasn't that long ago. That was their first time doing a partnership for years. Um, and recently for the launch uh, in 2020 for the launch of um, – Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, they had a partnership where they were featuring toys from all of the different parks that connected together like a train, again, to celebrate the new attraction. Um, It's kind of crazy because I remember being a cast member and going to the preview of the new attraction and literally a week later, the parks were shutting down. Um, So that really threw off this partnership, which which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, But Kate, if you want to dive a little bit into our our personal adventure with these so it's just an average thursday night in orlando and um these toys had just released probably a a day or two before like they had just come out and and we were all sitting around and um i had barely known about the toys because it had just happened but what made the toys so cool is um although they connect together like a train each of them is inspired by a disney walt disney world attraction so the the Disney lover park history lovers and us we just wanted every single one so yeah I think I wouldn't have been this excited if it was just yeah like no it was the fact that you it was know, parks. Like I, it was really because like they had a Disney Tower parks, of Terror one really they had a test track one like it was really cool to yeah Spaceship Earth um yes they had them all and so we had heard was it was it you that heard from TikTok or something that someone had gotten all ten toys from one of the locations. I think I just saw on Twitter, like, and getting all of them. out and getting the toys. Let's and I do was this. Like, we should just, we had talked about it and we were like, okay, let's go get, like, oh, I could go for McDonald's. And then we were like, let's do this. Let's just go out and get and all of them. My and thoughts so, being from Louisiana, I'm like, if I'm going to get all 10 of these toys in one night, the only place that can, this can happen is Orlando because it's Disney and it's McDonald's. So if I was going to try this back home, I had a hard enough time trying to get all the Pixar keychain toys. So I was like, we've got to make this happen. I think also it's easier. It was easier because we have so many yes. McDonald's locations here, but more difficult because like people from yes. here love Disney. We had to right jump on it. And also people wanted yeah like people wanted like hey I worked at that attraction or that's my favorite tra- attraction so we started driving and the McDonald's closest to our house said you know we don't have we need four full sets we did have four um, of us on the phones calling locations to verifying which number locations. toys they had and making notes it was it was crazy so we literally just drove around we ate lots of McDonald's it was mm-hmm. so much fun you know we wore our masks we were able to it was a definitely a fun socially yes. distant activity um and we ended up getting the last of the toys at the mcdonald's closest to where our we house started. when we first started this journey <laughs> where we started it when we first started the, our night they were getting a delivery in so we basically had to wait and then they ended up oh, having all the toys that we needed some people were really nice mm-hmm. on our journey some people were not and they were they were not happy with us but um 
literally I think like three days later they pulled these toys because within the baggie there was a little card so again another game yeah which I think it's really cool. they McDonald's love the games bringing that you know the game back with Disney where they could win um but it, it was dated wrong because um I, I guess they had put this promotion on a hold while the parks were closed um, yeah th- you know through most of the pandemic and so these bags had these um, expired you know, QR codes dated. basically it and would work ours worked work. when we tried heard, it yeah I heard rumors that some of the QR codes went to like a naughty website ours did or something. not I don't know yeah. if I believe that yeah that didn't happen for us I think really the issue was just yeah I think what wrong. happened is probably Disney and or McDonald's got tired of calls saying this says it expires June of 2020 and it was yeah. November so um, I know when we opened them we had the same question are these expired and we just tried it and it worked but and it worked yeah it said like this has been extended I really felt like it yeah common sense but what was smart about McDonald's with this was that we got all 10 toys we had like 40 of these QR codes but we could each only put in two a day so we had to make a point to go back and enter again with them and we did not and then it got recalled <laughs> and all of my toys all of my toys are in the bag still I didn't I open opened them mine. and then once I heard they were like recalled and we didn't know if they were going to come back I just kept mine in the bag we also got like the little yes. hats that they had they had special happy meal boxes it was, it was really cute it was just super fun and I think what was so fun about it was it again that nostalgia factor that you really only get from these brands like McDonald's and Disney from the you know cradle to grave kind of um positioning it just felt so nostalgic going to get all these toys like I felt like it was well and especially after like you said having that decade experience of basically anytime a movie came out you knew there were going to be toys for that movie at McDonald's and then here we are mid uh mid 20s and this is our first chance to not only get disney toys but disney parks themes toys we were we were just all over it mm-hmm. it was it was awesome so that's yeah. it i think i think that's pretty much everything um everything that that we have i know we talked a lot about the defunct land video definitely so Kate can put that in the i show can't notes. say enough um if you guys like disney history defunct land we love Defunct Land. I met Kevin Perger at the D23 Expo in 2019, and it's one of the highlights of my life because we both, Josie and I both love his videos, and I think he just does such a great job researching yeah. any topic. Um, so I know for me, he was that video was a big reference, at least where I would get the information initially, and then I'd try to find a second or third source that had the same information. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it. That was the Mick Disney partnership and and we hope that there's there's more one day for us to talk about, but that's it for this week. That's it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>